This week's episode is sponsored by the female-founded app Investalk. When women are in control of their finances, they become empowered and independent. I have a video on the app where I speak a little bit about what financial well-being means to me after an 11-year career in the financial markets. Invest in your potential and fulfill your dreams with the Investalk app, available on the App Store now. Hi everyone and welcome to Wholeness with Hannah, a podcast to remind you that your personal whole is the only goal. Feeling whole and aligned can mean totally different things to different people. Give yourself permission to love what you love, feel what you feel, and believe that you deserve everything that you want just because you want it. Me and my guests discuss all things mental, physical, spiritual, and financial health alongside tools, practices, and concepts that can help to enhance the everyday experience of life. I can't promise that we won't go a little off topic at times because I warn you now, I'm a bit of a talker, but I hope this podcast leaves you a little more equipped than it found you. Nobody else is you, and that is your power. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Wholeness with Hannah. This week I am joined by a certified money coach, Natalie Scott. She works within the three pillars to educate, elevate, and empower millennials and Gen Zs who have negative beliefs surrounding money, blocking their abilities to save, invest, and earn more. Natalie offers one-to-one consultations that deep dive into an individual's financial situation and produces a plan of action. Her five-star, eight-week money mindset course gets really deep into peeling back the layers of built-up childhood money memories, getting to the meat and bones of their relationship and revealing a life-changing transformation. So it's a pleasure to have her here today. Welcome to the pod, Natalie. Thanks for having me, Hannah. So to get started... um, Firstly, I'm just going to say none of this is financial advice, <laughs> but do you want to tell us a bit about how you got into being a money coach? Sure. So how it actually started was I was very, very nosy as a young child mm-hmm. about money and wealth. I saw a lot of people that earned a lot of money and that showed their wealth. So I was like, how did they get this? Right. So I was very curious. Had my first proper job after uni in fashion was in the fashion industry for over 10 years. And whilst being in the fashion industry, how people behaved with money really steered me to do money coaching. Mm. Because what I saw is that a lot of people were buying back into the company and not through like stock. Mm. They were actually spending money, like buying clothes, accessories, et cetera. And I noticed that through our lunchtime, I was coaching them on money, but not realizing that I was coaching them at the time. Right. So then everyone said to me, Natalie, do you pay? Do you charge for this? Is this something that you do? And then that's when the light bulb went off. So literally around the pandemic, that's when I started. I had my Instagram page talking about um, empowerment. And then I did one post on finance that really did well. And I thought, okay, Natalie, this is what your audience wants to hear. And I just continued and continued. I launched um, my coaching program during that time as well and I just haven't looked back because the work that I'm doing and the help that I'm really doing in people's lives it's been literally second to none so that's how I kind of got into it fashion kind of helped me to start money coaching so that was really good amazing so it sounds like it was just really aligned it was and it worked and it was organic which I think is always the things we should be doing or when they kind of come to you and then you can act on it. I agree. Yay, lovely. So what are some of the, so when you say you were coaching these people at work, what yeah. are some of the signs that you were like, 
oh yeah you could use a money coach on <laughs> so literally the scene the same people the same colleagues pick up and um, pick up their orders on payday because we right. have a massive auditorium and that's where all the staff orders were and every single month when it was payday you knew it was payday because those stairs were filled with bags and bags of clothing and it was always like one or two people that I kept seeing every what, single month and they were month. spending their money yeah pouring it back payday. into the company on payday and just ordering stuff so I would speak to them and be like oh you know, just be a bit nosy here, but um, do you have any savings? Just, just I literally am that kind of person. I'm very like, Excuse direct. Me, you seem to be spending all but your money. Remember, these were like my close colleagues that I could have that kind of conversation right. with because obviously I saw that they kept spending a lot, so I just mm. assumed, oh, they must have savings if they're spending so much money on designer purchases. And what you also like, how much are you getting paid? Yeah, oh, yeah, we had that conversation too. And then they were like, no, I don't really save, I live at home, right. so you know just enjoying I'm spending my money and I was like but do you want to live at home forever I was really asking these probing questions mm. and getting like the answers the and I natural was like, money coaching yeah it just out. came naturally <laughs> this is before I ever thought about money coaching as a job as a career mm. because I'm interested in people I think we all are so I was just having these really like deep conversations and they were like you know what you're right Natalie I can do both I'm not saying you can't like buy expensive designer items if that's what you want especially when you're getting them at a discount but it's also good to save for a rainy day to save for your future because life is people think life is short but life can be very long so that's something I always encourage and then yeah I just started talking to loads of colleagues to the point where it got round it got round to the whole of the office about what I was doing and um we'll, we'll, we'll pick that back up but it got around to the point where I was invited back to that workplace to talk about money once you left yeah oh, amazing. so it was just it was just beautiful how it all came around and just not being shy really to talk about yeah. money because a lot of people are a yeah. lot of people are scared to talk about money that is one thing that I try and work on I've worked in finance for 11 years and how do I say it? like I've always been I think I've been quite comfortable with money but at the same time I've had to work through some limiting beliefs of my own because mm. of how I've been brought up with money and, and you know I've definitely been very privileged but you know, I've, got, I've had my job and it's been my income. I haven't really had much of a partner to support me for most of my last 10 years, really. So that's always, yeah, that's always been something that I've, you know, really thought about. But there is a stigma around money, especially mm. for women, right? And for me, one thing I'm trying to promote through my Instagram and things like that, I probably need to do more of this actually, is money is not icky. Money is not, you know, it's not disgusting. It's not, we're not gross if we're rich. Rich people are bad, all that stuff. And why do you think especially women have this? Not everyone, obviously, mm. but there is there does seem to be this kind of icky thing about don't talk about money. Yeah. It's society, I guess. But it's yeah, definitely society and the fact that we still live in a patriarchal society yes. as well. So when you really think about it, women have only had freedom for not very long. Totally. So when you think about it, women weren't allowed to open up bank accounts. Um, they were under their husband's control or financial control. And so there's a lot of things that put women behind. Also, society at the moment is just not really fair to women. We know that there's a gender pay gap mm -hmm. that's looming over our heads. We know that there's an issue with childcare. So a lot yes. of women are forced to work lower paid jobs, especially if they end up in situations where they are single parenting. Mm -hmm. So therefore, then they feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. There's no way for them to save. So what they do, instead of like having open dialogue with other people they may know that's going through it or speak to someone who can help them out like a coach, they hide yeah. They sweep it under the rug and they just don't talk about it. And that's where the ickiness comes from money. Yeah. 
because it's almost like they feel ashamed sometimes that they're in this situation and they see no way out of it. Totally. And then a lot of people just be like, you know what, I don't want to talk about it because it brings up a lot of dread. So they just yeah. keep quiet and that's where the ickiness comes from. But I'm of the train of thought that once we start speaking about it, we come together as women to really say, you know, this is wrong, gender pay gap, we need to be paid more, childcare needs to be better. As you start to talk like that, you're starting to empower yourself and yeah. you realise that I'm not the issue. It's society that we live in. Okay, what can we do next? What can we do to empower ourselves? Let's be better with our money. Yeah, totally. You know? And also, I think a lot of it comes from how we're brought up, right? So how we build beliefs around money and what your situation was when you were younger. Yeah. So, for example, if you were not from such a well-off family, for example, and you've always thought there's been struggles around money, you will continue these patterns in your life and you will think money is not accessible to you. And I and there's lots of psychology behind this and stuff, but and how do you help people break through these limiting beliefs around what they were brought up with money? So it's a great point that you mentioned, Hannah, because a lot of it is down to our childhood. Yeah. What did we see growing up? So what did we see? What did we hear? What were we told? Money about doesn't money? grow on trees. Oh, that things. was that was in my household. Money doesn't grow on trees. And that was just a way of my parents to say that they couldn't afford what I yeah. want. And I would have preferred if they said that than saying money doesn't grow on trees because what does that actually mean so a lot of it is the language so when I work with clients I always get them to look back and think what were they told about money and then that will bring the direct correlation Mm -hmm. as to why they are the way of money now in their adulthood so it's a lot of looking back really so we can find the answers and uncover some things and then it's forgiveness you cannot move forward without forgiving yourself for those past money mistakes or those past money memories because when you think about it when you're a child we soak up so much as children, especially when it gets to the age of seven. So we yeah, between we, naught and seven is when you yes, build your beliefs. We build right? our beliefs, we build our morals, our values come from our parents. Everything comes from our parents. Yeah. So why wouldn't our relationship with money come from our parents it's as well? It's a big job being a parent. <laughs> it's a lot. It terrifies Cause me. You, well, I always say, be careful what you say around your child yeah. because they will soak it up. Like I work with clients that they think the reason why they are with money something to do with what happened in their childhood and then as you work with them week on week you realize it's because they didn't forgive their dad for something yeah you know something financially there's a lot of financial control there and that's the work that needs to be done we need to look at why where did it stem from and then once we know what the cause is then we can start reversing that you know they say Rome wasn't built in a day and it's so true your mindset is not built in a day so I can say to you oh I want you to be more abundant but you you don't know what that looks like yeah. and that's where I'm here to help you work yeah, through it. Yeah, it's not as simple as that, It's not. It? And people want the results now and I'm like, you're not going to get it. Yeah, yeah, it's a process and you have to be willing to just go with it because you will get the result at the end and it'll be much harder for you to retract back once you do the work. Yeah, totally. And I think it also goes the opposite way of what we were just saying about money doesn't grow on trees. For example, if your parents had loads of money and they were mm. reckless with money and they spent, 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 spent and then they kind of, I'm thinking of an example of someone I know that, and then, you know, something happened and they didn't have as much money in them anymore. And I was talking to my friend about this and she was saying how now her spending habits are, she knows she is reckless with money Mm -hmm. because her dad was. And she's like, I don't even have as much money as he does, but I do notice that like, if I lose 50 quid, I'm like, oh, who cares? You marry your parents. Because her dad was like that. And she's aware of it. But she's like, I know I need to work on that. Yeah. So it can go both ways. Like you could grow up without money. But if you grow up with money, and then you're kind of like this reckless spend. And as you said, when we're adults, so our parents, well, some people's parents do, and you know, that's not anything for me to judge. But 
we are there to take care of ourselves at the end of the day. Yeah. So as you said, just because you grow up with money and then you'll be like, oh my God, I'm on my own. I can't just have like my parents' money now. Yeah. And then it creates, you know, all these other things going on. So yeah, working for your limiting beliefs is, is all about the money mindset. And Definitely. on that, I we had a rapid transformational therapist on the podcast and I've had some RTT therapy with her. And I had a session on money and success blocks. Nice. Because even though, you know, I've worked super hard, I feel like I've been successful and I feel wealth to me doesn't necessarily mean money. Mm. Wealth to me means being happy every day, mm. having a place to live, supporting myself, having friends and family around me. Wealth to me is abund- like an abundance of things. Yeah. But, you know, I have kind of viewed that money does come into that oh definitely so I think we all have our own kind of view of what money means to us but yeah in in this session I did work through some money blocks and it's not that my money blocks meant I couldn't get any money it just meant how do I get more money because you're always going to be like there's levels that we go up to and then we think but I don't deserve to be earning any more money that I didn't even know I felt like that and Mm. it came out in the session that I was like you know a memory I had from my childhood because that's what it does it comes into yeah. your subconscious and it it blew my mind so you know how how do you help people go through their money blogs because it is a process it's it, definitely a process and something I always like to implement is money journaling yes journaling journaling is such a game changer because I always say when you write something down it happens yeah. and it's like you're actually and especially when you do it in like the present tense as well So let's not, I I am, I have, I don't want to see, I'm going to, I will be, no, always in the present. So I do a lot of that with my clients, like Mm. journal, like the life that you want, write it down, but write as if you're already living it. Trick your mind. There's something about pen to page, isn't there? Yeah. Because I have to be honest, I do journal, but I find myself sometimes being like, oh, I don't know, because I, I don't, I have, I personally don't like my writing. I've always been a messy writer because I just like write so quick and I like typing. Okay. But then people are like, oh, but you've got to put pen to page. What do you think? I mean, I'm a writer by heart. Oh, yeah. I love writing. I, I love, love taking my time and writing it down. But I love typing everything that I write. I've never typed. It's I've so ne- funny, isn't I mean, it? do you find typing works just as best as like pen to paper? Yeah, I think so. Okay. For well, me, for getting it for out you, of my head. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I think I whatever works for you, do it. Yeah. Most clients, I will just force them to do yeah, pen Yeah, no, to and paper. I do write. I do write every night okay. before I go to bed and every morning. Oh, I good. Have a journal. Yeah, good. that's cute. Yeah. But if I've got like a big, say I write, I want to write like um a personal essay or a poem or something i'll do it on the computer oh okay i mean if that works for you great but writing anything yeah down just getting is out of your so head, important to get it out just it's almost like venting to your future self because mm. you probably will read it i always say go back and read it about a month later see how you feel about it but like how you interact with money write it down and some of these tasks that i give clients it can seem like why do i need to do yes, that yes but once you do it and you come back to it, you've realised why you've done it. So you've got a bill that's coming. How did that make you feel? Write it down. Yeah, and also when it comes to this, I think free writing is so important because if you get all in your head before you sit down and then you think, oh, what do I want to say next? That's not the idea, is it? It's mm. like, I always do free, free deep breaths yeah. and then get my pen and try and kind of get in the moment and not think about it and just let it flow onto the page. But, you know, I can imagine if someone's like, why am I doing this? What do I want to say? You've yeah. got to get them into the right, you, you know, you've got to flow. Because then your subconscious will bring it all forward of why, why you actually feel this way. I but agree. you've got to be open. Be open. And a lot of times I say gratitude journaling. A lot of the times we, with the limiting beliefs, lack of, I don't have this, my glass is half empty. So I say gratitude, what are you grateful for? Grateful for a roof over my head. You don't like your job, but it brings in something each month grateful for having a job like what are you grateful for when we start being more grateful for what we have 
that is when we get more. That's the only time you'll get more. Mariana, my producer, knows this. Uh, gratitude has changed my life. Good. Like, it sounds like, oh, you know. But I, every single day, even if I don't write it down, I say it out loud in my, just when I wake up in the morning. And as you said, like, I am still grateful for things that aren't maybe what I want mm. right now because I'm like, but I've got them right now. Exactly. And this is where I'm at. Yeah. I'm grateful for them and I will attract yeah. what's next for me. But people are a bit like, oh, what, do I, what am I grateful for? I can't think of anything. And I'm like, sometimes you do have to dig deep. You do. But sometimes it's also okay to be grateful for your coffee. Yeah, it could just be the little the sky's things. blue. Yeah. That, like, it's a sunny day today. Yeah. Oh, love that Every day. it helps me wake up this yeah, morning like we were just talking before yeah. we started recording I was like how it's nice beautiful. is it today and we yeah. were like summer I've got a nice latte exactly <laughs> so I think it's about just thinking about little things and you know when some clients they're a bit stuck on that oh I don't know what I'm grateful for I always say where were you six months ago mm-hmm. and look where you are now has there been a change most times there has yeah or okay if what if you didn't have all your friends or what if you didn't have your job mm-hmm. or what if you didn't have a place to live yeah, like you know, literally, you have to like little, tell them sometimes yeah. what it is. Like, yeah. there's so many people around the world that don't have what you have, like yeah. the bare necessities. Yeah. So it's always important to be grateful for that. Yeah, I think if you're struggling to find new things, go back to to yeah. the basics. Yeah. You know, and like sometimes I, if I have a conversation with someone and I'm like, "Wow, oh, that was really nice. I did. I, I met them that day or something. I'll write. I'm grateful for that conversation yeah. I had with that person, yeah. or I met someone new, or someone smiled at me. You know, like when you can find the joy in the little things. You know, I think that's what makes a difference yeah. to your life. But anyway, that was gratitude. Back to money mindset. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a course, right? I do. So what kind of things do you go for in your course? Oh, so it's usually always tailored to the client. But what oh, nice. I, okay. yeah, so always, always. Yeah, I guess everyone's situation, everyone's, is everyone's situation is different. But I do look at a couple of pillars. So I look at discovery. So I want to know where did it start? Where did it come from? That's important. I mean, we know where it came childhood. from. We know it came from your childhood. But that's a big thing, discovery. Do you find sometimes, do people, are they always receptive that no. it's come from their childhood? Or are no. they like, I had a great childhood? What do no. you mean? Yeah. And the thing is, you probably did have a great childhood because a lot of times our parents are there to shield us from certain yeah. things. And the parents are doing the best they can. I have a client whereby their parents didn't talk about money. So she didn't know. She's not comfortable. Yeah, she, non- she knew none the wiser about money because her parents didn't talk about it. She wished they had. So she would have had a bit more confidence with money. So now I'm working through those challenges with her. But then I have some clients where their parents talk openly about money to the point where they know too much. And then that creates like scaremongering in their future. So it's just every client is different. But that's why I like doing that pillar of discovery so I can really get to the nitty gritty with a client. So therefore I have something to work with. Because as a coach, my job is to help them discover it themselves. I don't want to tell them the answers. I want them to be able to be like, Oh my gosh, this is hard. It's hard because you know when you know what it is. I can see what's going on. I can see what it is, but I cannot tell you what it is. I need you to say it. And a lot of times, um, an exercise that helps um, me get that answer is like, I'm write, write a letter to your mum and write a letter to your dad. Whoever was your main mm. caregiver, write a letter to them. You don't have to send it to them. This is an exercise for you, but write a letter of forgiveness. Because a lot of the times, it's something that we've seen our parents do. Yeah, because I guess one thing that's come into my mind now is if, our, if we grew up and our parents worked really, really hard and it was a struggle and they were always knackered when they come home from work mm-hmm. and, you know, they were like providing for you but it it looked hard then you will associate earning money is hard yeah i have to work hard i have to struggle i have to be stressed i have to do all these things otherwise that's that's how you have no time with my family yeah and i think that also then makes you make could you could look at other people who don't seem to be working as hard Mm. and have loads of money and think oh yeah rich people are bad like you know and i think yeah Yeah. that's but that's why i do that exercise like to write the letter 
Like it could be something as simple as it can be. I've had emotional clients where they could just, they just never thought that was the reason until they started to write it down because they knew they didn't have to send the letter. They wrote everything down. And I think I had one client who actually gave the letter to her dad. And I was like, you don't, you know, that's, you don't have you to, do, you have do, to that. do that. No, like, no, I feel like he needs to know. But remember, it's not blaming. It's actually forgiving. So it's when your your parent receives that, they're going to read it from a different lens. Like, oh, wow, they're forgiving me. They're not saying you did this, you did that. You didn't spend time with me. They're like actually saying, I forgive you for not spending the time with me, for us not being together all the time because you had to work hard to keep a roof over our head. So it's almost like gratitude in the letter as well. You're not just saying, oh so you know and yeah that I've done it I had to do it like when I was going through my own journey my own mindset so I was a bit of a money hoarder growing up which everyone applauds me for like oh my gosh you were a money hoarder you were great at saving this there's a difference between being a saver and being a hoarder when you're a hoarder you stack stack sack and you never spend and then when you do spend you binge and then you're like why did I do do that and you feel sick sick physically sick physically sick I was like why did I do that and it's because you didn't have any financial goals in your life you were just saving 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 and it it just turned me into a hoarder where I just didn't spend money I had to do work on that I had to write a forgiveness letter to my dad that he's never seen it but I had to write that for myself to be like the reasons why I am the way that I am is because of what I saw through you and I had to just pour that out and just read it and be like okay I forgive you for that now I can move on and now I'm not a money hoarder. Sometimes the tendencies do creep in, but because of the, so much work that I've done, any time that comes in, it goes because I've done so much work to stop that from entering my life again. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I think, like, what do you think about this? The sweet spot between mm. spending and saving. Okay, so for me, the sweet spot between both is to have a budget. I know people do not like to hear that. So I I say spending plan, spending plan, because that's what it is. It's a spending plan. But that's the only way you can have the sweet spot. So before I would be save, save, save and spend a little bit. Now within my finances, I have what's called a fun fund. Nice. So and every every week, actually it used to be every day, but every week something goes into it. And I may not have anything come up. I may not have any outings, any birthdays, but it's there. Even if I want to just treat myself, I go into that account and I spend from that. And that's because I've carved out a space for fun in my budget. A lot of people don't. A lot of people will carve out paying their bills, paying Mm. their mortgage, paying their rent, all of that. And then at the end, whatever's left at the end, oh yeah, I'll put some money aside for myself. No, I'm a firm believer. The people that have followed me for the longest, they know I always say pay yourself first. Like pay yourself first. What do you want for you? Whether that's your savings today, your savings in the future, retirement, and your savings for now, fun. You've got to pay yourself first. Because I always say when you get paid, your tax is already taken out of that. So the government gets their money. So they've been paid, but you haven't paid yourself. And you're thinking about your bills, your kids. No, pay yourself first. When you change it, it's like almost where you see yourself. If you see yourself as like, I'm looking after me, I come first, you pay yourself first. If you pay yourself last, that's where you see yourself. And do you think that also contributes to an abundant mindset? Oh, 100%. Mm. 100%. When you have like the lack in life, the scarcity, you're scared of money, you will not put any money aside for yourself because you're so concerned about everybody else that needs to be paid that even if you don't pay yourself you're like it's fine next month next month it will never happen yeah totally that kind of personality you will go you'll dip into your savings and then you'll never pay your savings back that's a deficit to yourself anxiety and all that and there's a lot of this um What's her name? Denise Duffield Thomas. Do you know her? She does I a lot don't. around money mindset. She's got this. She's an Aust- she's in Australia, Australia. and she kind of says, 
her big thing is, you know, you've got to believe and tell yourself money always flows back to me. Oh, money always flows back to me. When I spend, money comes back. Yeah. And otherwise, you're thinking, I'm spending and I'm never getting any more money. A lot of but again, it's that. all just coming around. It all comes down to your limiting beliefs and yeah. what you believe around money. But to reprogram that, do you, do you think affirmations work? Okay, so I love affirmations mm. personally, but I think you have to pick the right affirmation for yourself. You've got, you got to you, start to believe yeah, it. Yeah, you've got to believe it. So my affirmation I talk about all the time is, I'm a money magnet. Yes. Because I believe it. I actually believe it because anytime I feel like one of my bank accounts is low, I know it's it's just it's one gonna, day it surprised me as I see money in there. I'm like, ah, oh, that money. Yeah. Beautiful. So I know that I'm a money magnet. Money flows back to you. Yeah. Money flows <laughs> back to me or money. I like to use um, affirmations that have a bit of vibration to them. Mm. So something like money flows to me at ease yeah. or with ease. Because when you think of money flowing to you, it's like a river stream. Nothing can interrupt it. It's flowing. It's uninterrupted. Same with money magnet. When you're a magnet, things attract, mm. things pull into you. So I like to use vibrations in money affirmations. And when I work with clients, if we, depending on the client, not all clients I do affirmations with, you have to know your client. Yeah. But because some of them are like, oh, yeah, whatever, yeah. <laughs> but with some of them, you can tell that they're open to it. And if they are, that's when you just get them to speak about what it is that they want for their life, where it pertains to money. And then you create an affirmation that works for them. If I say to someone, oh yeah, your affirmation is I'm a money magnet. And they're looking at you like, and I'm like, say it in the mirror. And they're like, oh, I don't believe it. Yeah. It's because it's not the affirmation for them. Yeah, totally. So with that, it does take work into finding yeah. what works for you. But I always say, if you create a bit of vibration around it, it makes it easier. It makes it, makes it roll off your tongue nicer. And you believe it like, money yeah. flows with me. Money flows to me with ease. It's like, ah, yeah, I believe that. You know? Yeah. One of my favourite affirmations for me is I'm a magnet for joy. Oh, I that love in, that. Joy involves everything. everything. I like that. Yeah. Oh, that's say a good it, one. Good say vibes. It in the mirror, Hans. Yeah, I'm a magnet for but, joy. But um, the other thing I think for women as well is what what do you think about the concept of an emergency fund? It seems to be more prevalent for women that we need this because yeah. what we were saying earlier about money being icky and stuff, I personally, my personal view of money is it's opportunity, it's freedom, it's safety, it's security, it's empowerment, all mm -hmm. those things because without it, as much as we, some people find it uncomfortable to talk, we can't do anything without money Correct. and I don't believe there's anyone that doesn't want more money. Yeah, they're lying if they, if they think say about that. It, yeah, <laughs> like as in like money doesn't make you happy. It's not going to solve all your problems if you're not happy inside. Mm -hmm. I learned that in my previous jobs where I burnt out and quit. But uh, I don't believe money makes you happy. You can't just have loads of money and be happy. You no. have to have all the other stuff yeah. in your life. You have to feel happy inside Agreed. and all this. So my big thing is, and what I really care about with women and finance and money is seeing it as opportunity. A hundred percent. And an emergency fund is just that. Yes. Because without it, you're leaving yourself open to anything that may go wrong. And I don't know, I always say, obviously, emergency fund, it's in the name if something happens, right? So if you've got a home that you live in, if whether it's mortgage or rent, if you've got a vehicle, whatever it is, anything can go wrong at any given time. And I'm trying to keep you out of debt. Yeah. I don't want you to go to a credit card. I don't want you to borrow from someone. I don't want you to take out a loan. So if something goes wrong, Where's the money coming from? That's what your emergency fund is for. Yeah, it's and, it, for. and it's for anything, right? Yes. It's not just, you know, yeah. It's There's for different anything. stages to it. Yeah. So with an emergency fund, I say that's the basics. And I always say, just get yourself to £1,000 as quick as possible. That's like your okay. starter emergency fund. And then start building up from there, like three How to six months, months a year. How many months do you recommend people have? I say 
I know all experts will say three to six months. Yeah, I'd say that's a good way to start of your expenses. But if you can get up to a year, yeah. amazing. Yeah. Just to have it because from, okay, emergency fund is like the basic. But then after that, you've got your FU funds, you've got your freedom funds. Like you call it whatever you want. Yeah. But say like you want to get out of a bad situation fund, like you're in a toxic relationship. Again, it like you need to have your own money. Women need to have their own money because it empowers you. Power. And if it means you can leave a bad situation, you can, you can leave it yeah. and you can do what you need to do. So that's why money's there. If you're in a job that you don't really love and you want to leave, most people cannot leave their job because they live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. So it's like, let's fill in the gap and have money set aside. So there's so many different levels to have an emergency fund that can really get you out of an awkward situation. And I think that's what we need to focus on. But take your time with it. Because a lot of people say to me, oh, but it's going to take me so long to save up for an emergency fund. I'm like, it doesn't matter how long it's going to take you. You need to just start. It's going to take you longer if you don't start. Yeah. Mm. And it doesn't matter how much you start with. As long as you start with something, you moaning. It's been six months now. You could have been putting something aside each month and you would have built something up. So it's always like, just start with what you have. Because as soon as you have something in your mind, like a goal, I want to save X amount, the quicker you get to it. It's like writing it down. Yeah. The quicker you get to it. So just start. Totally. And, and just keep building it. Another thing that comes to mind there is we all live within our means mm. but in the sense of, you can earn so much money and still spend it all. Oh, 100%. Even if you've kind of like gone up. So if I think about my career, I've had pay rises and things like that. And when I think back to what I used to earn and maybe what I earn now, I'm like, wow, I don't yeah. need to spend all my money. No. I mean, I don't. I have savings. You know, I'm very <laughs> financially savvy, guys. But we do. You know, people. if people then get pay rises and they think, oh, I can save all that extra money now. And they don't. It, it doesn't necessarily mean you will, <laughs> no, does it? Because that's lifestyle inflation. Exactly. Creep. That's what exactly. it is. Because I've been there. I'll put my hands up. I've been there. It's like you get a bit more money. You're already excited about what you can spend it on. Everyone's yeah, excited what exactly they can spend on. Not what can I save? No, what can I spend it on? So what does that mean? Okay, I live at home. I've got all this disposable income. Oh, let me take a car out on finance. We did that tick. Now that money, like £500, that's coming out of your account every single month yeah. for a car that you only drive on the weekend. That money could be going towards, yeah. I don't know, a holiday. It can go towards a property. It can go towards other things. Like, let's stop spending our money on depreciating assets. Like, let's yeah. stop doing it. Especially with inflation. Oh, let's not even start with that conversation. <laughs> but it's just like, come on. There's so much we can do. But again, like you said, like when you earn more money, you just, you increase your lifestyle all yeah, of a sudden. so true. But when you stay b below it, so with me every time I've gotten an increase in my pay I've just invested difference yeah. I've started investing when I was 18 so a very very long time and that's because when I was younger as I said I was really interested in how people built their wealth and I found out investing investing yeah. whether it's a stock market property whatever so every time I got more money I just increased my contributions if I was in a workplace pension and then I increased what I was paying into my SIP so it's just so important to like well, for people that don't know what sorry self-invested personal pension mm -hmm. it's great for um, if you're self-employed and if you're comfortable and confident with picking your own investments nice. if you're not go for a stocks and shares ISA and get like a ready-made portfolio but yeah because I was really curious about how to make more money how to retire early and okay this is what I need to do so me spending all the money on financing cars although I, I put my hand up I've had one finance car yeah I have to be honest when I <laughs> 10 years ago when I started my graduate scheme at a bank what did I do first 
I bought a car. Well, yeah. well yeah. I bought a BMW 1 Series on finance. Yeah. But you know yeah. what? It was great. I it had was, it for you, a couple of years and, you, and I was fine. You've done it. You scratched it itch. Yeah, and then I gave it back and I was yeah. like, yeah. Right, you scratched I it. it yeah. I did the same. I, I got my dream car, SLK. Loved it. Yeah, it I was loved fun. That. It was fun. I was and I'm so glad that I did it. because. And you know what? Before I did it, I made sure to get my property. So although I was living a bit, oh, lifestyle inflation, I still had my yeah. ducks in a row. And I said, okay, let me get a property first. It's priorities, right? Yes. I think it all comes back to priorities. You can choose what your priorities are. Exactly. I love that. You can. Yeah. Definitely. So if we talk a bit about personal finance then, do you have, for anyone that's listening that's a bit like, whoa, I could use so much help with my money mindset, you know, do you have any like basic tips for them, personal finance wise, or even where to get started and things like that? I know maybe start by saving whatever you can a month. Yeah, always. I always say save whatever you can. Mm. And you know what a big game changer is? Automate it. Oh, okay. Direct debit wise. Yeah, Yeah. direct debit, standing order, direct deposit. Just set it up and leave it alone. Mm. Because sometimes it's hard when you've got to make that manual payment and transfer it to another account. So that's one thing I always say, automate it. Um, Start off with an amount that you're comfortable with each month. And if you could put extra manually, great. But start with something. Another thing I'll say is separate your finances. So don't have everything in one bank account, i.e., all your salary goes into account A. Everything comes out of account A. No. Let's mix up the accounts. Have account B for short-term savings, account C for long-term savings. And then within those accounts B and C, break them up into different pots. So for instance, you've got Monzo, Starling, mm-hmm. all these challenger banks. They've got these great pots where you can put money aside. Emergency fund, holiday fund. Like make it fun. Don't have all your money looking at you in one place. And for your like longer-term savings accounts, cash savings, have it in an account that doesn't come with a card. Or doesn't come with an app. Just it can be like a building society that's like online. Yeah, I think it's it, was, it terrifies me when people tell me they have all their money in their current account. Oh. I'm like, you don't even have a savings account. And they're like, no. Oh. And, like, wow. and the thing is, interest rates are actually okay for savers, right? Yeah, now. they're good. So the like, highest they've been in my yeah, lifetime. Exactly. So I'm like, <laughs> take advantage of those and yeah. have them in accounts where you Ford can't. Ford money see them. has like a five percent savings account at the moment i've got one i opened it I, oh it was five percent and i keep getting the email it's been reduced to four and a half oh, is it variable like, oh, oh. It is. and i think even that's a good thing to mention like know your your numbers with yeah. the interest rates because you can get some accounts that are variable but obviously they can change throughout the year and they follow the bank of england base rate yeah. but you got some fixed ones you can do like a one-year fixed for if you're saving for something you know you don't need that money yeah you, for a you've got to be comfortable yeah, that you, you can't be touch comfortable. that money in a fixed, but i you? think it's just looking at your options look at and think of your goals what do you, what is it that you want to do with your money and once you know what it is that you want to do with it, that makes it a bit easier in deciding where to put your money. But I'd also say think about your future mm-hmm. as well. If you're in a full-time job, you should know what fund your workplace pension is in. Yes. You should know what that information because you get an illustration each year. I know a lot of people don't open the letters or they browse past it, but it's so important to know what your money's doing. And even if you wanted to go a step further, speak to a financial advisor and just be like, does this fund look okay? Mm-hmm. Like, there's no point in letting other people have control over your money. It's your money. You're paying into it each month. You should have responsible responsibility to know what it's doing. Or even if you do want a financial advisor to manage it for you or whatever, have a chat with them and know mm. and explain your situation yeah. so they can advise you the best yes. way for you so you're aware of what's going yeah. on with your money. But I get for a lot of people, because I sometimes forget and take it for granted that I've worked in finance forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of my friends are like, 
I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay. So like I'll say stuff and they'll be like, what? What's, what does that mean? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, right. I have to remember mm. that, you know, this stuff doesn't just flow to people. So do you, do, would you rec- recommend like, um, what's it called? Money saving expert or things like that? Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of resources out there that Investopedia. I still use it in my day-to-day do job you? now. It's great. Yeah. But more for things around kind of technical market terms. But okay. I think Investopedia explains things simply yeah and I think there's another one Motley Fool as well okay that one explains it but I think if you're entry level trying to understand your finances Mm. money saving expert is a great resource Mm. um both the website and on his um Instagram as well it's 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 got a well of knowledge in there and just following depending where you are I'm guessing we're all UK there's probably other people from outside Mm. of the UK listening in but find um institutions within your region because that's really important because I know when I started out like learning to invest there wasn't a lot of like UK based people to follow it was mm-hmm. a lot of Americans and obviously they've got different accounts like Roth RA and mm-hmm. I was just like well, I don't understand this so find people who um, work in your region in your city or whatever and look to those people look at what they're doing and try and get out there I know COVID has caused a lot of Mm. us to stay online behind our screens but definitely go to events where you know like some of your favorite people are at um because that's also a good way to feel a person and see them and see them in person you speak to them yeah I think that's important as well and another thing I think with all this is it's the market for women is growing which I love to see and I think it's probably because I personally think it's been an untapped market for a long time Mm. but it is growing now. There is a and there's a lot of money coaches, women for women, and yeah. I think I love that because yeah. I mean that's what you're doing. Yeah. Because I think women, we feel more comfortable talking to a woman because I don't know about you, but financial advisors. If I'm going to see my financial advisor and it's you know, how do I say this? A man in a suit yeah. who's telling me what to do with my money in a weird tone, then it doesn't feel as appealing, yeah, right? And we need one thing. I admit for my career been surrounded by men because it's it has been male dominated but one thing was missing there wasn't many female role models for me and that's something I have tried to do as I look back down and now like I've I've, I've sat on panels I'm on the women's board wherever I work kind of thing because I really care about it mm. and I think that's one thing that is starting to get better and it's still got a way to go but that's why I love kind of what you're doing because women need women to kind of support them, empower them and show them that it's okay. Because I don't know, I've always been independent, but I can totally see how, you know, if for example, you've been with the same partner since you were quite young and he takes care of everything. These are the kind of situations that that terrify me a little bit because Mm. I'm like, who knows what will happen? Do you know where your money is? And do you know how it's been invested? And do you know if something was to go wrong, what would happen? Would you get, where's your money? Is it just your, and I'm not saying that you need to keep your money separate from your partner at all times or things like that. I'm just saying, knowing Mm. where it is and what will happen if, I don't know, something goes wrong. I think these are ways that women can feel safer. We don't have to hide behind men all the time. I agree. And I'll, I might say something quite controversial. Go for it. I feel like, especially in marriage, I feel like you should have your own money. Yeah. 100% because you just don't know what could happen. And you don't have to hide it. You can say you've got your own money, but I think you should have Yeah, and your if your partner's money. not okay with that, then maybe you yeah. need your partner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, just agree. I just think on both parts, like you should all have your own money. You have a joint account for all the bills yeah, and totally. everything, but you should have your own money. That's just my preference. That's something I personally would do yeah, and would want. Enough. I would encourage women to do because I feel like, I don't know. Life is uncertain. Yeah, it's very uncertain. 
And I think women, not all, but sometimes we, we're in this fairy tale of, oh, it'll be fine. It will all work out. But what if it doesn't? Yeah. And don't you just want to have a bit of like financial security, financial backing? I like to I like believing things work out they will, but maybe your work things working out means you end up getting divorced yeah. or something. Yeah. You know, that could be working. Things out. just work in, in different ways sometimes. Yeah. I think it's always important to have your own, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Um, do you have any tips for little way little ways people can save money? Okay, so I don't know if all accounts do this. But there's the roundup. I don't know if accounts will do that. So say like you spend like, I don't know, uh, £5.50 somewhere yeah. and it rounds up to 50p and that 50p is automatically saved. Okay. Some um, apps do that. Right. Ah, Monzo's one of them actually. Okay. Monzo does that. So that's just like little ways to save yeah. because you can see how it just adds up. Mm. Um, obviously, there's loads of saving challenges out there that you could get involved mm. in if you wanted to. So definitely get... Are they quite time consuming? No, because I feel like, especially on Monzo, you can set it up. So, mm. you know, when I said I, I pay something into my fun fund every week, mm. that's automated and right. that's set up. So you can set little things up like when it rains or whatever, it, it puts mm. money into your account. Those are fun ways, like just little savings. What about loyalty points and things like that? Like loyalty schemes? Like I always use a credit card that's like linked to British Airways and things like that. You know, with, with loyalty cards, loyalty points are great, but... I don't know. I've got a love-hate relationship with right. them. I have a love-hate relationship with them because sometimes you're only picking certain products because of the yeah, loyalty points. So when it comes to credit cards, for instance, if you're somebody who doesn't really travel, but you've got the British Airways, yeah, it doesn't make yeah. sense. So use it where you know it will be spent. Yeah, like what is it like Sainsbury's? Nectar Sainsbury's, the Nectar Points, yeah. that's great. The Tesco Club card, that's great because you end up saving money and it helps on your shop. And you can use comparison sites as well to find out who actually has the cheaper deal. I know it's Aldi. No, <laughs> Aldi's, it? Aldi's definitely the cheapest. Um, Sainsbury's do price match. So there's other ways that you can save money. Um, I, I'm very careful because I don't want to tell people to cut back, but sometimes yeah, you might have to, yeah. even if it's temporarily. Yeah. just for a little time like I feel like a, a task that I always get clients to do it, and they, no one wants to do it but I tell them to do it print off your bank statements from the last three months and get a highlighter pen and just highlight everything that's come out God, that, that terrifies me you have to do it but then you start to because sometimes because we're coming a cashless society as well yeah. we don't even know what we're spending sometimes so, so when you print off the bank statement and do that activity you realise oh my gosh this is where all my money's going and I'm not saying to cut out your Starbucks because yeah, there's that horrible. thing about you know. Don't I don't believe cut out it. Your coffee, it's the joy Enjoy of the it. day. Like you said, a magnet for joy. Yeah, like, don't cut out those things. But really, if you're trying to save some, save up. Say you've got a savings goal and you really want to hit yeah, it. There are things it, you can. Cut then out. there's things that you can cut temporarily, and then once you hit it, get back on it. Get back onto the ice latte. It's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean. But I think that. I don't know. Intentional is the word I'm looking for. You have to be intentional, whatever it is that you want to do. So whether that's saving X amount, okay, how are you actually going to get it? Set a smart goal. How long is it going to take? Work backwards. How much can I afford to put aside each and every month? That's what we need to do. But I think that there's not a lot of intention with how we um, spend money, how we save it. And therefore, that's why... We're in this situation where no one knows where their money is, where it's coming or going. They're scared to spend because they don't know if money is going to come back. It's because we're not being intentional with our money. Yeah, that's I don't know whether it's because we're just ungrateful or we just take for granted that, well, we're going to get paid next month. Yeah. But what if that job goes? Like what we said, emergency fund. Yeah. Like we have to be intentional with all different areas of our life so that we're financially securing ourselves against anything that could happen. Yeah, I love that. I actually am a big fan of the interest-free credit card 
And this, when I tell people this, they're like, oh my God, that sounds terrible and scary. But I have always used them, Mm -hmm. but I I use them correctly. Yeah, like when you know. Yes. So I open an interest credit card that's interest free for two years. I will, I want to go on a big trip. I will put my big trip on it and I will pay it off monthly. And when the interest free period ends, I close the account. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, nothing's wrong with that. Yeah. That's smart. And when I say to people like, oh, would you have an interest-free credit card? And they're like, oh, no, that sounds a lot. And I'm like, that, that blows is. my mind. <laughs> yeah, that, I know. I'm always on the lookout for them. I'm yeah. like, interest-free, interest-free. I'm always on the lookout for I basically for get it. a new one every two years because yeah, it's usually an 18 you might as well. But a tip, a tip, never get rid of your ever first credit card. If it's too late, sorry. But never get rid of your first ever credit card because it has the most financial history of you on it. Is that good for your credit rating? Beautiful for mm. your credit rating. Nice. I wanted to get rid of mine because I don't like the app. The app always breaks down. So I'm always having to log onto a computer. I won't mention which one it is. But I keep it just for the fact that it's it's really good. It has... And every six months, they always offer me more money and I take it, even though I don't use really? it. Because yeah, you want to keep your credit utilization below 30%. Mm. So as long as you're doing that, it doesn't matter. I juggle about three to four credit cards. Yes, and every other month, I'll switch it around. Yeah. But I use them. If you're not using your credit yeah, card and, and it's dormant, well. always. Mm. But if you're not using them, then you may need to start using them or close down some of the newer ones. Yeah, I think... I just want to caveat here, credit cards can be dangerous as oh, well. Yeah. You've really got to sort out your relationship yep. with them. But if you use them in the right way, Perfect. so I do have one that isn't interest-free and I pay it off every month. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But I'm very hot on that and I never, you know, go into debt or anything like that. Mm. But I know that they, you know, it, it's a rocky road sometimes yeah. because, you know, people put money on them and they, they need them and that's fine and that's their situation. You've got to use them responsibly, Yeah, 100%. that's the best way. Oh, I love this. So many great tips here. Well, I think that's a really good way to round up. But um, I usually ask everyone a few questions at the end. I might put you on the spot a little bit. um, (laughs) You'll be great. Can I get a quote that you love? Oh, yes, you (laughs) can. I've got this one ready. It's feel the fair and do it anyway. Lovely, lovely. By Susan Jeffers. Yes, that's my favourite. That book. That that book book has made me quit jobs. Yeah. I was like, it's fine. Nothing happens in your comfort zone. Nothing happens from comfort zones at all. And it's fine. It's normal to feel the fair anyway. Like yeah. you should feel it, but yeah. feel it and then move on. Yeah. That's, that's what I say. Feel it, feel it and yeah, let it flow for your body. Yeah. Great. Love that. Um, well, then also a book recommendations, but you can't use that one now. <laughs> Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Oh, okay. What's, what's That's a really twist? good book. So he talks about having quote unquote two dads right. um, one was rich one was poor okay. and what he learnt from that so it's a good basis so it, because you probably when you read it you can be like oh okay I'm thinking of my own upbringing mm. what I've seen so it's almost like if you never had that rich dad here's the rich dad in the book this is learn what we from him. earlier isn't it like, exactly yeah, what you're brought up with. learn from him it's a great great book and can I just put one more recommendation yeah. of a book this is a good book too it's um, The Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Clayson. That's a really good book, a very, very old book, but it's very good for talking about when you get paid, what to do with that money, like paying yourself first. It brings into the concept of paying yourself first and why it's important and how when you keep doing that, how it amasses to a lot without you even knowing because you just do it naturally. So that's a really good book as well. Amazing, thank you. And then a piece of life advice that you would give your younger self. Save money. Pay yourself first. I'm going to do a non-financial one. Yeah, go for it. If that's okay. Of course. And it's just to not care what people think. Yes. Because that hit me when I turned 30. I don't know what it is about turning 30 and just not caring. I was like, why didn't I have this energy 
I an gumption in my 20s. I think, well, hopefully you know yourself a bit better, you usually. You do, you do. I feel like you do. Although I still feel like at 30, you're still figuring it out. Because yeah. I've noticed well, that always. our generation. I think for your whole life, you're Yeah, we're definitely out, still yeah. figuring it out. It's weird. Because you think, when you was 20, you think at 30, I'm going to have this, I'm going to have yeah. that. And then you're 30, you're like, that wow. That has shocked I me. I do have, not. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like everyone's like figuring it out. But I just feel like at 30, I just stopped caring what people think. I did what I wanted. I moved out of the city. I just did what I wanted. I didn't yeah, really brave. care. You got brave. Yeah. And it's been an amazing journey. And even like my family, I've done stuff that my family wouldn't expect. Because, you know, again, what you've been brought up to yeah. do this, to do that. And I just said, you know what, flip the script. And I did my own thing. So it's, even that's important just to not care what people think. Yeah. And then it allows you to change your identity. Yeah. Which what you said about the family, I found that is that can be hard because this yeah. is what people know you as. Exactly. And then when you say, I'm going to be this now, people are a bit like, whoa. Yeah. Live up to it. your own expectations, yes. not others. Yes. Yeah. Live for you love that amazing thank you so where can the listeners find you oh you can find me on instagram under natalie scott empowers and under that same name i'm on tiktok as well and i'm on facebook but the best place is probably instagram and tiktok and catch me over on my website where you can learn more about me and what i do and that's natalie amazing thank you so much for everything you've shared today i think it'll be really useful you're welcome Yay. thank you for having me bye thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of wholeness with hannah i hope you found it insightful and uplifting and my one wish is that it's left you a little more equipped than it found you shout out to my amazing guests and my wonderful producer mariana if you could subscribe rate and review i'd love you forever because it really helps the podcast or share with a friend if you think it will help them you can also follow the pod on insta at wholeness with hannah thanks and see you next episode